Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. My name is Dee Decker, and I'm the Director of Communications here at Beargrass. We are quickly approaching Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday is a day of reflection and repentance, a day in which we begin to take a deeper look within and wrestle with questions about our life and living, about our relationship with God and others. Lent is a time for us to seek clarity in who we are as followers of Christ. We are invited to commit to disciplines during Lent that will help us focus more clearly on the important things in life. We hope you'll join us on Ash Wednesday and engage in various disciplines throughout the Lenten season that can help bring you clarity of vision to your life and to your living. We also invite everyone to reflect on our daily email devotions that will begin on February 26th, Ash Wednesday, and to join us for our evening service at 645 on Ash Wednesday. We promise it will be a meaningful time of worship and reflection as we begin this Lenten season. To sign up for the e-devotions, all you need to do is go to www.beargrass.org and sign up under the e-news tab. This week, we continue our Eyes to See series with a sermon from Dr. Bond titled, Eyes to See the Higher Road, focusing on Matthew 5, 21 through 26. Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. Thank you, Susan. And uh, that passage can be found on uh, number page eight, uh, 786 in the Black Pew Bibles near you. If you'd like to keep an eye on it, I always invite you to pull it up on your phone or take a look at it so that you uh, know that I'm not making this stuff up, especially today. So uh, several of our young people have recently celebrated their 16th birthday, and you probably know one of the first things they want to do, right? Get their driver's license, right? And, and, and if they can pass the test, uh, they are ready to roll. And they think they know all the rules of the road. And uh, we hope they do, at least the, the basic ones. Uh, the laws in our country between state to, you know, states uh, here are mostly the same, like driving on the right side of the road and uh, actually stopping at stop signs. Uh, so it's an art we forget sometimes. I still remember the coach who taught my driver's ed course. He said, when you come to a stop sign on your driver's test, count 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, because if you don't really stop, you will fail immediately. I still remember those words. I don't pay attention to them anymore. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, but there are there are some rules that vary from state to state, as you might be aware. So some state laws are still on the books, and they are just downright ridiculous. Uh, for instance, uh, consider these weird ro- ro- uh, road rules if you're planning a road trip in Little Rock, Arkansas. No one shall sound the horn on a vehicle at a place where cold drinks and sandwiches are served after 9 p.m. Explain that to me. I don't know. Uh, It is illegal to leave a sheep unescorted in a truck in Montana. Who knew? Uh, It's illegal to cross state lines with a duck on your head in Minnesota. I I don't even know. In San Francisco, you cannot dry off your car at a car wash with used underwear. And all God's people said, ooh, ugh. 
anyway, Jesus shares some rules for the road of his own. He is still preaching. We're still in Matthew 5, one of the greatest sermons uh, ever ever delivered. And uh, so far, he's done what good public speakers do. He has made us feel good, right? He has told us that we are blessed, whether we believe it or not. He has told us that we are salt and light in this world, whether we believe it or not. But now he gets into the specifics, the details on what this looks like and how we can make it happen. And some of these rules are so crazy that I really didn't want to hit you with all of them at once. So I had Susan read part of the passage, and I've saved a little more for now, and I'll paraphrase, and I bet you can fill in the blanks as I uh, move through these lines here. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, what? Turn the other one. If anyone wants your coat, give your cloak as well, right? Give to all who beg and don't refuse those who borrow. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of God. And all of God's people said, oh, seriously? Really? These, these rules for the road of discipleship seem, seem downright r- ridiculous. And, and we hear constant rebuttals to the Sermon on the Mount, whether we're aware or not. Some of them are very obvious. Some are much more subtle and sneak up on us. A speed bump cartoon showed a picture of a banged up, injured alien getting back onto his spaceship and he's moaning and groaning and he says to his friend, you know, you were right. You were absolutely right. We will invade after the meek inherit the earth. All right. In a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, Calvin is sitting by a huge pile of snowballs and he's preparing for a different kind of Cold War uh, and he's getting ready. And he he says, if anybody around me hits me with a snowball, I'm going to blast them with 250 snowballs. And Hobbes asks, what if someone hits you with 250 snowballs? And he, he sighs and looks at his pile and begins busily making hundreds and hundreds more. A cartoon shows a corporate board sitting around a long conference table and the CEO's at the head of the table. And cynically, he says to the group, the meek shall inherit the earth, but that's okay. We still own Congress. Uh, Ooh, there might be a little truth to that one. I'm not sure. Uh, And a mother, a mother was helping her son one night with a spelling assignment. They came to the words conscious and conscience. And she asked son, you know, do you know the difference between these two words? And he said, sure, sure. Conscious is when you are aware of something. And conscience is when you wish you were not. (laughs) Whoa. Now, hearing those two words makes us think of what? The recent hearings, I suppose, right? People on all sides of the aisle making accusations, asking questions. You know, did our elected leaders on all sides of the aisle vote without worrying about possible political repercussions back home? Did they vote their conscience? Placing principle over political convenience, putting institution over personal welfare. Did they stand up for the best ideals of this nation and in so doing remind us once again what real courage looks like? Conscience. 
There was a little girl who heard this passage that we have heard today in Sunday school, and she said to her teacher, you know, you know I know God wants us to love everybody, but I don't think God has ever met my brother. <laughs> and I would guess today, if we're honest, that we can fill in the blank, God, you have never met, <clears throat> right? Who comes to mind? Now, ugh, how hard it is to hear these words from Jesus. You know, these mountaintop moments in Matthew are inspiring. We look to God for guidance and directions for discipleship. But sometimes God gets a little too specific here, right? Uh, Jesus' words in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount are some of the most challenging that we'll ever encounter. And you know them well because you recited a lot of them as we moved through them. So you know, you, yeah. But he's outlining this alternative, radical way of living in this world, this strange way of being and behaving as God's people. But can we have the eyes to see what in the world he's talking about? Some have called this uh, part of the passage the B attitudes. Uh, they are Jesus's plan B's. Their instructions on how to be God's people in this world. And Jesus's plan B's all begin with a big but. <laughs> you have heard it said, but I say to you, that's the formula. Here's how it is in the world, but here's another way. Some accused him of trying to abolish the law, get rid of the law, the prophets, whatever. But he's actually trying to build on the true spirit of the law. He's not overriding it or replacing it or trying to abolish it or cancel it. He is breathing new life into centuries-old words and teachings. For instance, you know, check in your Bible back to Exodus 21. It's, it's a good sample of a lot of passages in, in a number of books. But in Exodus 21, it says life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn. You get the idea, right? Yeah. As brutal as this sounds, these were efforts to keep things what? even. Let's keep it even. Let's not escalate. Let's at least make it even. We still see these rules lived out today in so many ways. Uh, for instance, an aggressive hit in football will result in another one later in the game. A being the baseball batter means another one will get it later in the game. And rumor has it the Astros may get a few more this coming season. Um, a flagrant foul in basketball will result in another cheap shot later in the game. As we can go to the world of our technological gadgets. Some youth and adults use phones and Facebook for cyberbullying and technological tackiness and tweets. We see it among all kinds of folks in the corporate and political world and among factions in different countries all over the planet. For instance, a bomb for a bomb and a drone for a drone and casualties for casualties. Keep it even. We do not live in an innocent world of sweetness and light. And so we're tempted to buy the bumper sticker. Don't get mad. Get even. But, but Jesus calls us to see 
to envision the higher road, he suggests we replace the bumper sticker with one that says the same Bible that says believe also says behave. (laughs) He proclaims there is a better way to behave as God's people. If you really want to make an impact, if you really want to make a difference in this world, do the unexpected. You know, and here's what I'm asking you to do, Jesus says. And then Jesus unloads this list of impossible possibilities. We can actually do some of these things. They sound crazy, but we can actually pull this off. He invites us to follow him on this road less traveled and pardon the play on words, but he prescribes a big dose of vitamin C. And that's S-E-E vitamin C, to challenge us to see the the higher road. A church member noticed uh, the text for the week and sent an email to me last week, and and she thought these were practical applications of what's laid out in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' plan Bs. Here's some samples. I invite you to think of others, but number one on the list was give people more than they expect and do it with love and cheerfully and without expectations or strings attached. Uh, Don't let a little dispute destroy a great friendship. When you make a mistake, take immediate steps to correct it. We get a hint of that in Matthew 5 today. Make up before you move to the table. (laughs) When you say, I'm sorry, look people in the eye. When you say, I love you, Look people in the eye and mean it. Remember the great love and achievements involve great risks. When you lose, and you will, do not lose the lesson. And finally, love deeply and passionately. You might get hurt, but it's really the only way to live life fully and completely. Hmm. We see other applications in our home and family settings. For instance, uh, have you who are parents and grandparents ever had this kind of conversation? Well, his parents let him do this. They let him go there. They let him do that. Why can't I? And and your response has been, uh, you may have heard it said at his house, but I say to you, ain't going to happen that here. It ain't going down. Not happening here. Similar things are being said to members of the church out there. Uh, Pope Francis has been in the news again lately, and some had hoped that he would open the door for married men and women to get more involved in greater leadership roles. But that didn't happen. Sorry. But here's another one. He did continue to challenge church leaders and the church at large to become a church for the poor. And not to be obsessed with politics and hot-button issues and don't get distracted with all this stuff. He proclaimed, today we have to say, thou shalt not to an economy of exclusion and inequality. This kind of economy kills people. He asks, how can it be that it is not a news item when a poor child or adult or elderly homeless person dies of exposure? But it is news when the stock market drops a few points. Some people have asked, what has gotten into the Pope? And others have suggested Jesus. Hmm. 
people within our church family are taking higher roads as well. We've got folks all around us who are good examples this morning. You have heard it said that people are self-centered and they don't want to share their time, talents, and resources with others. But I say to you, there are folks all over this church who are willing to do what's needed and help out and get involved in mission and outreach. And they are full of vitamin C because they see opportunities to make a difference in this world, and we can be pretty sure about who's gotten into them. Read about someone who was considering going to seminary. Big, big decision, right? You know what we're talking about here. Big decision. And so he, he thought it would be helpful to visit the Holy Land to get a sense of, of what he'd read about for so long in the Bible. And, and he wanted to go for some prayer and discernment and think about this life-changing decision. And he stepped off the plane and was met by soldiers with guns who greeted him. <laughs> and he thought, oh. But he finally got to his destination and he visited the chapel of the Beatitudes. And that chapel is a small eight-sided church that stands on a hill overlooking a beautiful sea of Galilee. If you haven't seen pictures, try to find some on the internet. Just gorgeous. But he said, you know, I carefully read the familiar words on the church walls. Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are meek, love your enemies. And and then I walked out and saw this gorgeous view, the magnificent sea of Galilee, and it suddenly dawned on me. You know, I had this revelation. I think think Jesus is serious. (laughs) I think he means it. I think he's serious. And, and he said, you know, I turned to the sky and called out to God, do you want me to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you want me to, to be a peacemaker? Do you want me to love my enemies? Do you want me to be salt and light in this world? And, and, and he said, okay, God, all right, I'll, I'll do it. I, I promise I'll do it. I'll work for peace and justice the rest of my life. But, but on one condition that you give me a sign to confirm that this is the right thing to do. And suddenly two jets swooped down from the sky and so so quickly that they caused a sonic boom. It rocked him to his core and seconds later those jets dropped bombs along the border. And trembling, he said, I made two decisions in that moment. Number one, I would answer the call. I would devote my life to working for peace and justice in the world. And number two, I would never, ever ask God for another sign. (laughs) And all God's people said, amen. Mm -mm -mm. Friends, we have heard it said. We have heard it said. But will we have the eyes to see. Again, we invite you to join us on Wednesday, February 26th at 6.45 for our Ash Wednesday service. We'd love to see you around the table in the new year at any of our weekend worship services. Our Saturday service is casual and meets in the chapel at 5.30. 
The Beargrass Praise Team leads us in worship during our Sunday 9 a.m. contemporary service. And at the 11 a.m. traditional service, the Beargrass Choir sings. All of our services include communion that is open to everyone. For more information on all of the activities happening at Beargrass, visit our website, www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace.